All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth-building market insights. Schreiber, and this is Bull Bear Radio. It's episode number 65. Melt up or melt down? Don Schreiber, that's the question of the day. Do we continue to melt up here? Do markets move higher? Or are they going to move lower? Are, are we still trying to climb? We're up this week, you know, but it seems like the market just isn't feeling it still, you know? Are we still having to climb a wall of political worry and economic worry for us to to really have a phenomenal year this year? What do you think? Well, I think that the melt up meltdown is a close call. Well, well, I think. And it, well, I think. And it, and, and it depends on what happens next. You know, we've got uh, you know weak economic numbers, weak corporate numbers expected. We've got some really funky expectations. Hopefully we can talk about that. You know, the analyst estimates are kind of weird. They're not yeah, quite well, right. We said that last they don't look right. We said that last uh, week, you know, uh, Russell 2000, you got uh, earnings pointing downwards a couple percentage points and huge increases in revenue next quarter. I just don't get it, you know. Uh, and especially after this quarter, revenue only climbed mid single digits. I'm just not getting the whole thing, man. And and earnings mid single well, digits. Yeah, I, I think you know it's a, a good indication that you know in this transition from uh, a market that's been doing nothing but going up for the last ten years to uh, you know the fourth quarter where the market really took some major gas, went down you know approximately twenty percent or so, depending on what index you look at. Uh, you know this is. Uh, a, a indication that, you know, risk is still high. Analysts don't quite know what's going on. There is so many things that are pulling the market this way and that. You know, you got the Fed uh, that has one of the biggest PR campaigns I've ever seen um, to uh, try to keep the asset bubble and the uh, consumer spending in place. And, uh, you know, you've got President Trump who is... Uh, you know, linked his uh, success, a lot of his success to the economy and uh, growth rate and uh, the markets uh, moving higher, trying to also, you know, jawbone the market higher. We had uh, uh, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin on just a little while ago. You know, he's out there blasting jawbone in that market higher, saying that, you know, the China deal, uh, things are looking good to him. And, you know, we get mixed messages about the China deal all over the place. What do you think, Matt? Well, I don't know. I think, you know, we got the Fed. It's done a flip-flop. It's been very accommodative here. So I think that's a tailwind. Like you said, the president, tailwind. You know, he wants this market to go higher. Uh, the Fed's jawboning it higher. The administration's jawboning the market higher. I think you got the China thing, you know, hanging out there. Everybody's waiting for a trade deal. See if that's going to come to uh, fruition. It's on again, off again in terms of uh, Z and, and Trump meeting at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, but, you know, hey, everybody's expecting a trade deal. If we don't get one, I think that's going to be uh crater of the market. What you think? 
I, I do think that that's the case, you know, and one of the problems that I see is I actually think we're going to get a trade deal. I actually think we're going to get a good trade deal that even addresses uh, intellectual property rights. But, you know, I think that the you think Democrats, it's going to be you know, the best trade deal ever. According to President Trump, it will be. And um, it'll be better. <laughs> that's the key. Better is really good for, you know, the American consumer and, um, you know, the economy, so forth. So. I think that what we got to question, though, is, you know, Democrats are, uh, you know, hard pressed to position for 2020 real, you know, elections. They want to make sure that they get a a Democratic president. And uh, I don't know if they're going to pass and pass any trade deal at all. I mean, you know, they got to have a 60 percent pass rate. And, you know, I heard last week all kinds of talk about even if the uh, trade deal looks good, how do we know for sure that China is going to live up to it? What's the enforcement look like? And, you know, that's a future event. You cannot determine uh, in a deal whether or not the parties are going to live up to their terms in the future. You've got to, uh, you know, take the uh, deal on face on merit and, you know, move forward. That's what we need to do as a country. So I hope that, you know, the Democrats don't stall all these good trade deals that have been uh, put. You know, we we got MAGA, you know, um, you know, hanging out there, the Canadian and Mexico U.S. deal. So I don't even know. Uh, what's that called? What's it, What's the acronym for that? Uh, it's not make America USMC- great again, but no, uh, I, I, that was my faux pas. It was USMCA, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You know, I got, I got stuck. I'm like on, on what, what is he talking about? M- MAGA? You know, I mean, I hey, mean, whatever, that's, you that's know, not, acronyms are tough. That's we have so many acronyms deal. floating around, you know, oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, well, uh, let's, we'll talk about a, a couple more things in just a second, but, um, you know, I've noticed a trend here, you know, recently in the market value stocks have started to, to perk up a little bit. And, uh, do you think that's because, People are concerned about the economy and the market here. And maybe this is, you know, the beginning of the end for the the growth stock run. Well, you know, growth stocks are uh, typically that's when the market breaks down. Growth stock is the leaders has been the leaders in this rally for a long time. Five years. As a matter of fact, I just ran uh, a couple of days ago for a uh, inquisitive advisor who said, you know, value outperforms growth. Uh, over the long term, it out, outperforms all the time. Actually, not the case over the last 10 years. Uh, actually, growth is outperformed value by quite a bit. Now, over any 10-year period, that's a really unusual statistic because typically value will outperform over a 10-year period, has historically done so. But, you know, this rally is different in a low-growth economy. What investors have favored since the... Uh, uh, recovery from the great recession or financial crisis of 2008, 2009 has been growth stocks, those growth stocks that are performing well. And this is typical, you know, you get this huge buildup of price momentum of overvaluation in a very concentrated group of uh, growth stocks. And, you know, uh, that's what it looks like here. And if that growth trade breaks down, that isn't good news for the markets. What do you think, Matt? Well, you know, I looked at uh, some 10-year periods and, and uh, you know, this is not, uh, you know, the longest bull market run ever. 
3,657 days is what we stand at right now. Uh, Wait a minute. Without a 20% Wait a minute. on the S&P. Everybody in the media has is, is been promoting that this is the longest bull market ever. You kidding me? No. 4,494 days is the longest. Uh, unfortunately, the, the uh, those folks are, are looking at some uh, factually incorrect data. Uh, 1990, the market was down 19.9%, which is not more than 20. 20 or more is a bear market. So... This indeed is is the second longest run in history. So we're, you know, a few years off setting a record. Could we go higher? You know, I think so. Are you saying this thing could go higher? Yeah. It could. I mean, 1990, right? Which was not the bottom. Uh, This is just 1990, a decade. 1990 to the end of 1999, 10 years, right? Now, that, that's a growth stock run, 438% for Russell 1000 growth. The S&P was up 315%, value up 207. Then we went into that thing called kind of like the, the, the lost decade or so, if you'll remember, from 2000 to the end of 2009. Nobody made money in stocks. Well, guess what? Dot-com crash, man. Yeah, the S&P 500 was down 24% uh, cumulative over that 10-year period. And the mighty, mighty growth stocks happened to be down 40% over that time, uh, that 10-year period. Now, Russell 1000 value, flat, only down uh, 0.44%, by the way. So, I mean... Wow, huge outperformance. Wow, huge outperformance. Now, if you took... Uh, the end of uh, 2010 to to present, you know, growth stocks are outperforming value stocks. But what's going to happen over maybe the next 10 years from like 2020 to, oh, man, that's, that's hard to, 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 to fathom. I had to stop myself for a second. 2020 to 2030, right? What's going to happen over that next 10-year period? Could this be a record-setting bull run? I don't know. All this and so much more after the break. And I, I got to get your opinion on a couple things. One, Aunt Becky just turned herself into the, the, the FBI. We'll talk about that when we get back. I mean, this is mind-blowing. And then Crazy. how to build... Guns drawn. Take her in. Guns drawn. I mean, it, it's a good thing Uncle Jesse came to bail her out. She's not in the in, in the in the clinker anymore. Uh, and uh, we're we're going to talk about building a world class financial services when we get back. Business, business, Aunt Be- business. Aunt Becky and the Who's Gal. Woo. WBI has utilized domestic stock and fixed income trend models in our quantitative management process for nearly 30 years. These models are designed to provide bull or bear trend indications that tighten or loosen WBI's quantitative risk management system, optimizing risk and return. The new Bull Bear Trend Switch SMA series offers a time-tested approach to combine low-cost indexing and risk management to help clients invest more successfully. Visit WBIinvestments.com to learn more. And we're back. So check us out on Twitter. WBI President, WBI CEO, Bull Bear Radio, of course. Subscribe to the podcast, Google Play, iTunes, and check us out on LinkedIn. All right. Matt Shriver, Don Shriver, uh, WBI Investments. Anyway, so, dude, Aunt Becky, you know, from Full House. Yeah, Aunt Becky. Dude, 
she she paid some dude five hundred thousand dollars to get her kids into to Southern Cal, man. Five hundred thousand dollars. They could have put her name on the side of a building. Like I don't get what she was doing. But the funny thing is, right? She turns herself into the FBI. And I read last night she had to post a million dollars bail. Right? She's got her her TV contract through November, so she has to surrender in December her U.S. passport because her husband's Italian, so she's they're fearing that Aunt Becky's going to flee the country. I she's mean... Gonna, she's going to be a uh, fugitive in flight. I know, I, and I know they're breaking, like, admissions rules and, like, all kinds of uh, equal opportunity stuff, but, dude, she is, like... Uh, had to post bail like she's some like you know uh, uh, crime boss or like a you know something like that. I mean, like she killed you know, somebody. She, I mean, a million she's a, dollars. She's a bail. She's wow. top on the FBI's wanted list because she because she put for admission because some dude for admission took her, her two girls' pictures and put them on a a rowboat or something like that. I don't know. It's crazy stuff. So so hopefully you know uh, they they get uh, and and find the the criminals in this situation and uh, maybe they won't be too hard on them because I don't know about a, an emission scandal here being uh, worth a million dollars bail but then again I'm not uh, don't work for the DOJ and the FBI so anyway let's get back to what we know which is the the finance thing. Uh, you built uh, a couple of uh, financial services businesses. You wrote the book, Building a World-Class Financial Services Business. Uh, so many moons ago on this podcast, we went through chapter one. And, and it's been a while since we you know, revisited building a world-class financial services business. We joked last week, maybe it'll save Barnes & Noble, maybe it won't. But, uh, you know, maybe back by popular demand, man, it's it's back by popular demand here. People really would like to hear a little bit more from you about building a world class financial services business. So chapter two. Right. This is about the financial advisor who can sell anything but his own business. And, you know, there's so many advisors moving towards that age where they they want to bring someone new into the business. They want to find a succession plan. They want to sell their business. I know so many advisors that are in this in this place, but they often yeah, make est- so many mistakes. So mistake number one by Don Schreiber Jr. here, author extraordinaire. Mistake number one, let's say Jerry, right? He's the financial advisor. His model is based on uh, him being the point of advice and service partners practice. What's the problem with this, Tom? Well, you know, if, if, if you're, uh, if you, if your clients identify that all of the value that you have is in your practice is accreted to you personally and you want to retire, um, then your clients are going to find a new Jerry to do business with. And so after you retire, there's not going to be any revenue. Uh, so number one is you have to institutionalize the relationship that you have between your clients and your business. You have to actually build a business that has value beyond the big, you know, a personality and salesperson or a guru financial advisor that they have. All right. So less sales practice, more business mistake. Number two, 
totally focused on generating the highest current gross revenue by using commission-based products to implement his planning recommendations. You know what? I heard that annuities and uh, mutual funds that have an upfront commission are making quite the comeback this year. Yeah, over the last 10 years, you know, uh, most of the business or many advisors have shifted their business from, you know, commission uh, type uh, practices to fee or fee and commission businesses. But, you know, the uh, downturn of 2008, 2009, the financial crisis, you know, took fee uh, revenue down a lot and advisors started to rethink that. And so, you know, commissions and uh, focusing on, you know, high current revenue um, from commissions is started to make a huge comeback. And we see that with, you know, the annuity business, especially over the last few years to try to solve a problem for the, the baby boomers who are retiring in mass, mil, just millions and tens of millions of people every year, you know, they're trying to find an income solution that works and they're using annuity products that come with a commission. So mistake number three, Jerry spends most of these commissions that he earns after paying his office's expenses and, you know, he's supporting his comfortable lifestyle and he's reluctant to build any infrastructure because he is the primary service provider and wants to keep expenses low by doing all the work himself. What's the, what's the problem with that? So, you know, everybody uh, as a business owner starts out in business wearing multiple hats. They do everything, right? Mm -hmm. They sell, they do financial planning, they answer the phone, they, they do their own, um, you know, financial statements. Uh, sometimes they outsource that to a, a bookkeeper, cow. you know, or an accountant. But most of these guys aren't running a business. They're running essentially a, uh, a sales practice that has no intrinsic value. And what you need to do mm. in business is do the highest value function that you have. If that's meeting with clients, then do that with the majority of your time. If it's planning your future in terms of business strategy, developing a strategic plan, do that. And, you know, do the uh, number one, two or three highest value things that you do that no one else can do. And essentially bring in employees or outsource all of the things that are low value propositions to your business, like the bookkeeping function, like answering the phone, like, you know, um, doing the financial plan itself. If you can hire somebody who's a good staff planner to do that, you're going to grow your business more. So this is part and parcel of one of the problems. You know, folks think that, you know, keeping their expenses low and, you know, being able to spend most of the money I mean, it, it gets you a great lifestyle, but at the end of the day, your business has little, if any, value. And when you stop producing the results, so does the business stop, and therefore you have no funding for retirement. Okay, so mistake number four. Jerry's idea of, of what his business is worth is, is very different than its actual value. He you know, the, continues to undermine his objective of building equity by pursuing current method of operation. Right. So we've just covered some of that. You know, if you want a, a, a business that has value, you have to have, the, it has to keep the clients. It has to keep the revenue. 
on a long-term basis. So the higher persistence of the revenue that you have, the better off. Oh. Commission revenue so that's mistake needs num- to be produced. That's mistake needs number to be five. produced every year. Mistake yeah. number five is is goal for current income and commissions. You know, uh, does not allow him to support the building of the business and the infrastructure to provide con- continuity of advice and service to his clients. So right, right there, you, mistake if, number six, check. All right, mistake number that's five. Mistake number six. If you're going to go. build a business. If you're going to build a business, cash flow is king. You have to have recurring revenue. Typically, that's fee-based revenue. And the more recurring revenue you have, the better off you're going to be in terms of building infrastructure and a quality business. Okay, so look, you know, that dovetails right into mistake number six. Jerry has not taken the time to develop a written business plan. He's too busy closing sales to worry about planning for the future. So for you to get out of the spot, you're going to have to put some time aside and, and you're going to have to write down a plan. And people don't like to sit down and take the time to figure out what they want to be when they grow up. I mean, that's probably one of the uh, questions that plagues uh, business uh, people the most. And But by sitting down, taking time out, and, uh, you know, getting away, I, I believe you got to get away from the business. You got to take multiple days, go on retreat, and just work on your business plan. And if you don't know how to do that, then find a mentor who knows how to do it and can help you through the process. It is the most important thing you'll ever do as a business owner. So mistake number seven, though. Jerry has not formalized his management practices because he personally handles most of the client service and planning. He enjoys being Mr. Wonderful. I guess uh, we know where Mr. Wonderful came from. He read your book. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know about that mr shark um, tank read your book dude he's in the same I, business now financial services he must have read the book here he made sure that mistake number seven he he personally owned himself he was going to institutionalize his business write down those management practices so he could be mr wonderful have that i staff. guess so mistake number i don't know eight. that he read the book jerry is counting on selling his practice to help fund retirement, yet he has failed to develop an exit strategy based on re- the real value of his practice. So, really, Jerry's got nothing because he didn't he didn't uh, write down the plan, he didn't execute on the plan, he didn't reinvest in the business per that plan to grow consistent, sustainable revenue. Is that right? If you yes, and if you look at the landscape in terms of the way businesses are being valued today which we'll talk about maybe in our next uh, s- segment on uh, business building. Not you know, today. Jerry's business is not worth a lot. It's not going to help him fund much of a retirement. So I hope he saves some of that money. No, he spends it all. Remember? all these years. No, oh. remember he spends Jer- it all. Whoops, Jerry's broke. Jer- Jerry's going to be very disappointed when he tries to sell his business. Jer- Jerry's, and that's, Jerry's, and that's all there is to that story. Jerry's broke, broke as a joke. Sorry. All right. So, hey, that's uh, Bull Bear Radio this week. Don't be Jerry. Don't be Jerry. And we'll see if this market melts up or melts down. Don Schreiber's thinking maybe a little melting up, huh? I think we could get it. It has to, you know, the the uh, stars have to line up. But we could get a uh, a decent run here. It really depends on the Fed, trade deals, political uh, pressure in Washington. You know, all things we can't control. All right. 
This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time. And there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations, services, and fees are in the form ABV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments Bank. Market conditions may call for the strategy to remain in any of the possible exposure allocations for an extended period of time. During periods of high market volatility, a significant amount of holdings may be sold, resulting in a large allocation to cash or cash equivalents. At times, market conditions and the particular portfolio strategy may call for an allocation to cash or cash equivalents. If the portfolio strategy invests all or a substantial portion of its assets in cash or cash equivalents for an extended period of time, it could reduce the strategy's potential return as a limited return of cash or cash equivalents may lag other investment instruments in a strong market.